We only got one life, so it's time to live it for. I don't hesitate, I embrace every day. Cause we only got one life, so it's time to live it for. It's not about trying to achieve more or gain, but rather how to lose and let go. Let me explain. Once you let go of all things that aren't significant, you'll be left with everything that is truly important. I'm living everyday life with a purpose. Living everyday life with a purpose. This is another episode of the podcast. Live it for. Hey, welcome to this week's episode of the Live It Full podcast. My name is Richard. I am the host of this podcast. I sometimes have a beautiful lady beside me, which I do not today because it's summer and well, summers are hard when you have businesses and babysitters and everything else going on. If you like the podcast, if you've listened to the Live It Full podcast, if we are providing some value in your life, Go leave us a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, find us on social media. I say it every week. It's a call to action. If you've never heard that in the industry, we really, to get the message out of what we do, what we believe, our mantra in life, to live it full, we want to be able to encourage everyone to. And the way that we can do that is if you help us out and you share the podcast, the more it's reviewed, the more it pops up for people. Last week, I did not get a podcast out. Um which happens occasionally. I can count on a handful on one hand, I guess, um, the number of times that I haven't recorded a podcast and put it out there in the last 18 months on a weekly basis. Sometimes I do two, most times one, but most weeks there is one. Last week there was not. Now the weeks in the past that I haven't gotten one done, I can tell you it was because life hit us hard. Something happened. Um, the things we talk about, we try to prioritize our faith, family, finance, fitness, so that we are proactive in life and not always reactive. But there's going to be times that it doesn't matter how planned you are, no matter how um, much you are proactive, there's going to be things that happen that you have to react to. And in the middle of building a house, running our businesses this summer, um, it occasionally happens where you don't get one recorded. But I wanted to talk about that this week because I did record one last week and I kind of had listened to it a few times, which I don't always do, and I didn't put it out there. And so normally I'm a couple weeks ahead where I'll record one and, you know, have some in the hopper for those weeks. Um, I haven't this summer just because of uh, life, but I did record one. And so that's part of the frustrating thing. Sometimes when you're putting content out there, you want it to be good. You don't want to feel like it's not your best. I broke a cardinal rule of something that I try to live by and something that I have grown into the past couple of years by not putting it out there. And so what it is, is I heard a a mentor tell me uh, probably, I don't know, the last couple of years um, that done is better than perfect. And I really had to sit in, you know, think about that because we want to get into things we want to, um, as a creator, as somebody who tries to put content out to help other people, I feel like we're the artist of our generation. We don't paint with a brush, but we use a mic and a camera and we, we record. And that's how we get our creative outlet into the world. And it's hard because sometimes you think that things aren't good enough. They're not perfect. And so the show that I was doing last week, I think part of it was the content of the show, not necessarily that it wasn't perfect. Um, It was done, but I broke my rule and I didn't upload it and I didn't promote it because I didn't think it was good enough. 
It was a show about living with ADHD and having family members, um, specifically probably children, but um, as a husband with ADHD, a spouse that has to live with it, poor Caitlin, um, she's had to learn through the years how to adjust and how to deal with my nuances of being what uh, a lot of people call neurodivergent now. And so I didn't put it out there because I think it's a, it's a topic that I'm really passionate about. And I think sometimes when you're really passionate about something, you're hypercritical of not only yourself, but the subject. And so I didn't want to put something out there that I thought was subpar on ADHD. So instead of trying to go through a list and notes that I made to do that show, I'm going to wing it today. And hopefully I'm happier with the results. I felt like it was forced. I felt like I was reading from a list, um, which I don't like to do. I like to do these things live. Um, I don't edit podcasts very often unless I bust in and, you know, I've got a weird noise in the background or something happens. Um, seldom do I edit because I try to say the things that I mean up front. And I think that it conversationally flows better for there not to be edits in a podcast because that's real life. But so I talked a lot last week about living with ADHD and the things that make us different and the reality of it. Now, I've had people in my life tell me that ADHD isn't real. You don't need to medicate. Um, you're lazy. You're just not living up to your potential. Um, you just need to focus. That's my favorite one. Uh, you just need to focus. I mean, I heard that in school growing up a million times. So just to give you some of my background for those of you that may not know it or haven't listened to the show before or some of it that I may not have shared, but growing up in school, I was the kid who was in like the gifted and talented program who excelled on test, but had a lot of disciplinary disciplinary issues in the classroom because I was bored. Um, I didn't do well doing homework. I didn't do well um, doing work in general because it didn't stimulate me. So there were people out there that would tell you, quit being lazy, quit. You're not living up to your potential. If you can make a hundred on a test or an A, then you can do this work and you could be valedictorian. No, probably not. Um, not in my wheelhouse, um, to do those things. And I've understood that as I've gotten older and you'll find out that most entrepreneurs, um, are neurodivergent. Now, some may even be on the spectrum of, of Asperger's and autism. Um, Elon Musk is one that comes to mind. But you look at a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of them have clinical ADHD, whether it's diagnosed or not. And part of that is because there's a huge creative side to it. And that's their outlet usually is their muse, whether it's music or blogging or podcasting or whatever it is. Writing is very cathartic, cathartic for me. For someone who who in school was told they couldn't focus and they were lazy and and just needed to buckle down. I can sit and write for hours when the mood calls me. I can create content for hours when my mind says to. So I wanted to talk a little bit about it because I think it's hard for people who may have a child um, who has not, who, who themselves have not dealt with it. I see it in one of our kids. We know she's been diagnosed. Um, our other three children, they don't have the same um, brain as she does. They're not wired the same. It's wired very much like me. So I understand it. I understand what it's going to take for her to be successful because through my 40 years on earth, I've figured it out. I think being neurodivergent or having ADHD or ADD for that matter, um, which I think we lump those together a lot. Um, and that H and the ADHD throws people off because I think people who have it are just hyperactive, which isn't exactly the case. Um, I think that's a misnomer and I think it's a disservice to people that have it to think that they're just wild shit crazy all the time. 
There are some kids like that. Um, but learning how to channel it, learning how to use it, I think it's a superpower. But there are going to be things as a parent that you see in your children that may have it that you don't understand. And so I want to go through a few of those, um, or even as a spouse, because I know there's things that in the beginning of Caitlin and I was a relationship. Now we've been together, I mean, almost half of her life and, you know, numbers wise, pretty close to mine. It's a, a different thing. She didn't understand all of it at first when we first got married, um, that now she does now, whether she acknowledges it and thinks that, um, I'm right, she gets it. And so she understands where I'm coming from on things. Um, you're going to find with your kids that are, it's not that they don't focus. It's that normal things don't stimulate them. So things that might stress out a lot of people or give them anxiety, it may not bother them. Um, you will see them be what we would call like thrill, thrill chasers or like riding to ride roller coasters or their bike down the hill or doing things that we might perceive as dangerous because that stimulates their mind more than other things that most people might be stimulated by, like going to class, you know, paying able to pay attention. And so you'll find that kids and adults with ADHD, they generally will be more enthusiast for life, which can also lead them down a bad path when they get into adolescence because they are not afraid to push boundaries. They're not afraid to take risk. And you will find that a lot of them have even have criminal issues in their younger years because they weren't afraid to push boundaries. They didn't have that same fear popping into them that, um, maybe most kids do uh, safety net, you know, maybe it's, um, the wiring's a little bit different. Um, but I think that it, it definitely impacts them more than people think because they think, why don't you just focus? I can't tell you how many times I've heard that in my life. And so what you'll find though, is people that are truly ADHD or neurodivergent. It's not a lack of focus because when they, we, we use the term a lot, hyper-focus, when something stimulates them or is interesting to them, they will hyper-focus and they will go all in. So what you're going to find a lot of times with kids that truly have something, they can they can play Legos and build and create like an engineer for 13 hours and not even realize it. They can play games. They can do Minecraft. They can do different things. They can read about something that interests them well beyond what the normal, you know, somebody who's, who's what we would consider average can do. And so it truly is a super power once you learn to harness that and understand that I can do this. It just has to be something that really interests and simulates them, which I don't think is a bad thing because why go through life trying to focus on things that are boring to you? You need to be able to focus on things that get your grease hot, that gets you spinning. I love reading, but books I want to read. You know what I mean? It's a different thing. And, I, and I've seen it with, with my eldest. She can do Legos for hours where other kids would have already lost interest. And it's just a different thing. Now, there's some other things. There's some minor things that pop in that uh, you got to understand. If I'm uncomfortable, like physically, like my clothes are too tight or too loose or they're the wrong fabric, I'll change. It drives Caitlin crazy because there's times I might change three times a day. But if I'm not comfortable, I have to. And I cannot wear straight cotton fabrics. They're scratchy and itchy and tags. Oh my God, tags drive me up the wall. So you'll find that I'm wearing, 
um, literally Under Armour cotton or blends with polyester things that aren't scratchy. They're soft. They say stuff. If you look at the apparel that um, Live It Full puts out as a brand, it is all high, high quality, cut right, very soft, very durable though, uh, shirts because I was very, very specific with what I wanted. And I hope that translates to everybody, but they're awesome, awesome material. They're not the cheapest by far. They're probably four or five times wholesale what some of like a regular 100% cotton shirt cost. So the cost is a little bit more with them, but I think once people wear them, they understand, especially if you're out there with a ADHD and you have texture issues, that's a really big deal. And so a couple of the other things that I was thinking about when I was talking about it was when we're upset, we can't regulate emotions, not well. And so I learned a long time ago that if I'm having a bad day, if my mind isn't right, me trying to force it makes it worse. Me trying to focus on work or going to do something else doesn't work. That works when you're self-employed. It's really hard when you're not, when you're an employee. Um, and I think that's probably why a lot of people are self-employed that go that route or they, they job hop as adults. And then a lot of them are in sales because you have some flexibility um, and they can focus on sales and they love it because it's a rush. And you'll see a lot of that, but it's also, it's, it's, there's a downside to that because you see a lot of the salespeople who do have ADHD that struggle getting substance abuse issues because they're not properly medicated. And so that goes to the next subject has to talk about, I hear people talk about, Oh, you shouldn't medicate children. You shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. I'm with you. I mean, honestly, like I get it. We probably over medicate. Like we just say, Oh, that kid's rambunctious. He needs some Ritalin. We probably over-medicate. There are probably a lot of kids out there that are just a little bit tired of sitting in a classroom all day because we're not running them at recess enough. I think there's a big difference between that and actually truly being neurodivergent with all of your other classic symptoms of it. But what you'll find is before I started taking, or when I don't take medicine even before, I mean, and I have taken ADHD medicine all of my adult life. What I found when I don't, or when, I, when I'm like, oh, I don't need that for a month, I replace it with caffeine. So I'm the guy that can drink a cup of coffee at nine o'clock at night before bed and fall asleep. We're wired differently. Not everyone can do that. I talk to people who are like, oh, I can't drink coffee after noon or it'll keep me up all night. I'm like, really? Huh? Like it, it just doesn't do it to me. And so when you talk about taking stimulants, which is kind of the gold standard of ADHD treatment, it works differently. If somebody who truly does not need it, takes it, they have an effect that is euphoric. They can stay up for two days because it's a stimulant and it is different than for the person who takes it to function like a normal human being. I run businesses better on it. I am more creative without it. And so it's a balance. I don't always take it all the time because of that on the days that I know I want to be creative or the days I feel like there's things that I don't have to be as structured on. But as an adult, I understand those feelings. I understand anxiety. I understand how something makes me feel. Sometimes it's hard with children, but I can tell you that the mindset of we don't medicate, you shouldn't medicate children. I mean, I've heard that from people. Maybe 
I mean, I can only tell you what I'm going to do with my children. And for the most part, I agree with you. Like, yeah, I think we do probably over-medicate. We over-prescribe a lot of things like antibiotics and antidepressants too. But the difference I've seen in the quality of life and the education system with my ADHD child on medicine is a 180. And not that she wasn't doing well, but she's doing, I mean, she got an award for having the highest average in her in her class, made all A's. I think there were seven out of 128 in her grade that got it. Um, had some of the highest um, star, our, our state uh, standardized testing scores in her grade. And I think she would have done well, maybe without it, but we would have potentially had more emotional outburst and issues because she just, it's, it's, um, I get it. I know what she's going through. Um, and it, it's hard. Sometimes noise drives me. I can't like noise will make me clam up and just be like, Oh, like when it's super loud and like 15 people are talking, my brain doesn't process it. Um, and so you're going to find the, the, the people you live with that have ADHD, they're going to be very passionate about things, things that they are interested in, and they're going to go all in. So you can ask Caitlin, some of the things that I have an immense knowledge on are some of the most obscure, random things, but it's something that I wanted to learn about. And I read every book I could. I consumed information like, um, you know, like a computer learning, like AI, because that's what I was passionate about at the time. And then sometimes you'll, for, you know, lose passion in that and move on to the next thing. Um, which I think is part of what people call an addictive personality. I think it's really easy for people with ADHD to go all in. And that's why I think that's another part of it that you'll find people that have it, have substance abuse issues. And so you have to be very careful and you have to understand that, that it makes total sense that that can happen. And, but if you understand that, then you can go, this is what I'm going to do to prevent that. I'm going to fill it with other things in my life. Truly neurodivergent ADHD people have amazing traits. They are super loyal. They will fight for those who they love. It's just part of how they're wired and it's wired differently. Um, I use a lot of systems in my life to help me navigate having a mind that is constantly going and that never stops. And it's using very color coordinated calendars. I have an assistant who keeps me on track during the day. Um, I take medicine. I acknowledge it. I try to be very intentional in the things that I do, but I can find myself zoning out, focusing on one thing way too much. And I have to rein myself in. And that's hard. Caitlin deals with me all the time with that, like having to remind me. And I know it's annoying for her, but that I need to be present. And it's not that I'm not present. It's that my mind goes other places. And so I really have to focus on being intentional um, because it's easy to do that. It's easy to, to, go really deep into a subject um, and, and just really, Oh, I got to know everything about that. And so you'll find people who have it. They're usually subject matter experts in something like seriously. Um, I can tell you everything there is to know about that. One thing Macy loves to do. My eldest is she reads these like Guinness world record books or like 5,000 amazing facts. And then she can probably, once she reads that book, she can probably tell you all of them. It's just like a, a, a jeopardy knowledge kind of thing. And it's an amazing deal, but you ask her about something else that doesn't interest her. That may be a school subject. She's like, eh, I don't know. And so it's just a different world. And I think that it's not a lazy, it's not a lack of anything. It's just, you have to learn how to work with those. And in a, in a public education system, that's hard because 
you've got a lot of kids to worry about and the one who's underperforming, but capable, you know, they think being is being lazy is probably the one that doesn't get worked with as much as the person who is underperforming, who maybe, you know, is always going to underperform, but they try to work with those. Uh, I think it's just a different ball game and I don't think it's anybody's fault. So I think as a parent, um, I have to provide all the resources I can to her to make her as successful as possible, understanding that she works differently than my other children. And I think that's the big part of it is that you look at it differently. It's a gift. I truly believe my mind, the way that I'm wired is a gift, even though it sometimes it feels like it's held me back. Um, I realize that it's actually propelled me, propelled me forward. Um, but anyways, I wanted to share that it's probably not as coherent as I want, but it's done and done as my friend Thomas Keenan has always told me is better than perfect. If you liked the podcast, go back, leave us a five-star review, share us with your friends, go to liveitfull.com, buy some merchandise. If you're watching a video version of this or you're seeing a clip on it on Instagram or anywhere else, I am wearing the classic mountains live it full shirt. Um, it's one of my favorites. I recommend it to you. Um, hit me up in my DMS and I will give you a uh, promo code for free shipping. If you send me a message and say, you saw this show, we love you. God bless. And until the next time, live it full. You, you just listened to this entire episode. That means you gained some type of value. So make sure you leave a review and subscribe. So you never miss an episode of Living Full. Living everyday life with a purpose. Living everyday life with a purpose. Make sure you embrace every single day. And we'll see you next time on the Living Full Podcast.